How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Weekend Variety Show for Sunday, October the 24th. Hello, my friends. Hope you're doing extraordinarily well. And today, I am going to be answering my own mailbag prompt. Okay, so yesterday we talked about the games that made us feel things. And, uh, I don't know, I feel like I had a lot of thoughts on this one and, and games that made me feel things, and I thought I should share it with you. Now, these are quite literally the last games that I've played. You might even recognize me having talked about them before. But uh, something I realized in this process was, I think that analyzing the way that you feel about video games makes you appreciate them a little bit more. You know, once I started to see, like, okay, what is it about this game that I'm actually feeling? It made me appreciate the work, it made me recognize the things that I like and dislike about things, and it made me realize that if I'm playing a game that maybe isn't making me feel anything, perhaps it's time to move on. Okay, so let me, let me give you some examples here. The first one I want to tell you about is Tabletop Simulator. Now, this is a big one for me, because you might remember, like, six months ago, I really fell in love with the idea of board games, playing board games with people. And I'm in a position in life where I can't really buy board games, because I'm just going to have to turn around and sell them soon, or store them. And so instead I said, okay, I have to play Tabletop Simulator. And over the past six months, I've played with various people, and that is a game that has made me feel a great sense of community and friendship. And during COVID, where I haven't been able to see a lot of people, maybe some friendships have not necessarily fallen out, but just kind of naturally run its course. I've been alone for a long period of time. This is a game that gave me a lot of solace and a lot of something that I've been missing. And to me, it's not just quite the same as playing any old multiplayer game. I feel like Tabletop Sim gives you that very tactile feel of like, you have to move things around on the board. You have to manage your own rules. The game's not just doing it for you. I mean, some, some Tabletop Sim games will automate stuff, but for the most part, you got to keep track of it all yourself. And it's like you're with somebody around a table even if that's impossible, literally. So I'm very appreciative that that game exists, absolutely. Here's another game, Super Auto Pets. Surprise, surprise, I'm talking about Super Auto Pets. It's a free-to-play auto battler that made me appreciate the genre. You should absolutely play it. I've converted a lot of people. Go play it, it's really good. Um, what is it about Super Auto Pets that makes me feel something? Extreme satisfaction. Oh my god, when you have the perfect lineup of animals, and they're all buffing each other, and then you go into battle, and they're all buffing each other in battle, and you have an epic fight against another person's lineup of animals, there is something in my brain that just makes that click. Makes me feel real good. Or maybe I'll get a little bit of frustration from it in a good way. You know, I, I can say, ah, I did a bad combination, or I didn't find the right thing that I needed. I gotta improve for the future, you know? It's a very simple game, but it makes me feel very satisfied. And that's why it's been my obsession. Here's another game I played recently. It's called Rogue Lords. I actually played this on the YouTube channel, if you want to check that out. Uh, it's a roguelike. I've talked about it on a weekend show before. But this game really made me appreciate artistry. You know, the mechanics of the game are passable. The narrative is there. But really what makes Rogue Lords work for me is the visual presentation. Seeing all the very unique characters running around, every single skill that they have having a unique animation, I just spent a lot of time slowing down, looking around, and appreciating what I was seeing, as opposed to getting too caught up in the gameplay and just kind of going all horse blinders on it. And as soon as I figured that out, as soon as I was like, oh, that's what I love about this game, I was able to lean into it, and I loved it even more. Okay, and the last thing I want to touch on is that I did a little bit of introspection, because a lot of the people yesterday who answered the prompt 
we're talking about emotional story beats. And I found that for a lot of the games that people referenced, a la Marvel's Spider-Man, I didn't feel the same feelings that they did. I wasn't as invested in the game. And I think something that I recognized is that I am very much somebody who, if you want me invested in your story, the story needs to be constant and it needs to be the kind of the sole focus. Almost in the sense of it being like an interactive story. Specifically, I'm thinking of Telltale Games, The Walking Dead, Tales from the Borderlands, The Wolf Among Us. All three of these games made me feel very strong emotions, and I think that's because of how simple the games were. It was all about experiencing the story. There wasn't any complex mechanics. And so, I don't know, I've learned that about myself, right? And I've learned that if you're going to be a game that has a lot going on, the story isn't so important, it's going to be the core gameplay loop. Anyway, these were just kind of some thoughts off the top of my head. I would welcome any comments or feedback that you might have. But otherwise, I'll be back with the news tomorrow, as I always am every Monday to Friday, okay? So until next time, happy gaming, everyone. It is the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to talk anymore about feelings in video games. I think I've, I've covered that pretty well yesterday and today. And also because I'm recording all of this back to back on a Friday. Because I'm trying to get into the habit of actually giving me, myself I should say, weekends off. What happens too often is I get into this cadence of doing the Observer every day for a couple of hours. And that's fine. I, I've had no problem doing that for close to four years now. But on the days where I'm smart and I actually pre-record the weekend shows like I'm able to, my weekend feels a lot more freeing. If somebody's like, oh, do you want to go do something this evening spontaneously, I can do it. Instead of being like, I got to do the show today, you know? So that's just a little bit of insight into my life. And today, which for me is Friday, for you is Sunday, I'm going to be entertaining, or I should say we are going to be entertaining, Shelby's mother for dinner. And that is incredibly intimidating. Not really, but, you know, theoretically. Because Shelby's mother is like a pro chef. I say that a lot. She's not actually a pro chef. But she has probably over 300 cookbooks. It's like a pastime for her to just read cookbooks. And I have never once gone to her house and had a meal that I haven't liked. And all of them have... Or or I might even hazard a guess and say, I've never had a duplicate meal at her house. And trust me, I've eaten a lot at her house. Um... The only duplicate meals would have been like the traditional meals that you have around Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff like that. She is such a good cook. And now we're the ones that have to cook for her. And I'm like, ah, you want to just come over and cook at our house? (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to do that. But anyway, she's coming over and she's a supporter of this show. So I was thinking I was actually going to interview her because as I was talking about yesterday, she's big into video games, specifically Animal Crossing, Cozy Grove. And she's a great talker. So I don't know, we might do something. It depends on what kind of timing we have today. Hey, you know something else that is starting to become a lot more real? Uh, We're almost at March, (laughs) which is the time in which I'm supposed to be traveling. So what? Right now it is October 24th. We're at the end of October anyway, which means we have November, December, January, February, and that's it. We We have four months to get our crap together. Oh boy. Oh boy. That is really something. We have made like the ultimate to-do list, including... Sell all of our possessions. <laughs> and then you got to figure it out the, the lofty stuff. Like, how do you get bank accounts set up so that you can comfortably travel internationally and not get screwed over? You got to figure out travel insurance. I've got to buy a bunch of equipment so that I can continue to do the Observer overseas. Or, or not overseas, but in-seas. We're starting in Canada. 
just on the move, I guess is the more important word. I gotta buy a laptop. I gotta buy a microphone that I can take with me. I would love to take this microphone, but it's way too bulky. We gotta figure out a storage locker to put all our stuff in. Oh man, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. And I guess more importantly, we need to figure out uh, where we're actually gonna be. I know you're like, oh my god, why haven't you done that yet? But we're doing it via house sitting. I may have said this before. There's a website called Trusted House Sitters, where people just go from house sit to house sit. You look after their house and their their animals while they go on vacation, usually. And we we weren't really able to apply for any for a while because we had to get our profile set up. But then also, like, now it's just a waiting game of, of waiting for the options to pop up and then applying for them. And apparently house sitting has really exploded in popularity over the last year or so, like through COVID, now that everybody's working from home. And so there's way more competition than there used to be. I'm really hoping that we can sneak in before it gets like uber popular so that we can at least get a bunch of reviews and then people will be more likely to choose us when there's a crazy amount of people on the platform. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm just hoping we actually do find some places to live <laughs> and we're not just going to have to rent something somewhere else. I mean, that's what most people do when they travel is they'll do short term renting or Airbnbs if they're cheap enough, which is totally fine. We can do that. I'm probably going to continue working while we're traveling. Again, within Canada, for, for the most part, uh, in the beginning at least. We don't know where we're going after that. So we'll be able to do it comfortably. It's just a matter of getting all of it sorted. So anyway, that's coming up soon, and uh, I gotta be on my merry way. Thanks for tuning in. Back with the news tomorrow. And until then, farewell.